Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. That's what this podcast does. I'm TK, joined by Holly. Holly, how we doing, man? I mean, it's a it's a Wednesday, so I mean, I guess it's okay. I don't know. I mean, we're we're talking about the Ravens, so I don't have a lot of good things to say right now. What if we like start off really well, and then by the end of the podcast, we just completely fall apart? You know what? I think that's fitting. I think we. Should I think it's. I think it's pretty fitting. Start fire. Um, you know, maybe maybe have a couple waffles in the middle, but then by the end, totally just be complete assets. Which, let's face it, we 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 may be already. But you know, that's wow. that, and 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 that fits. We're we're a Ravens podcast. Yeah, Ravens lose to the New York Giants, twenty-four to twenty. Uh, another uh, blown lead. In the, first, in the fourth quarter, I think it was 10 points with six minutes left. And uh, mistakes on both sides of the ball lead to 14 unanswered for the Giants. And uh, they are able to escape uh, with a win at home to move to 5-1. and one. And the Ravens fall to 3-3, three and three, but maintain first place in the division. So... Um, Let's see. Where where do we want to start here? I guess there were some good things. I think there were some good things that we can talk about. Um, and I think I would like to start with the run blocking and Kenyon Drake. Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, I, they were good. I, I think I think uh, everybody, all five guys along the front, you know, of course, it sucks to, to lose Moses to the injury. Yeah, but it seems like it's not the worst injury in the world. Um, kind of forced Ronnie Stanley into probably more snaps than uh, than anticipated. But I thought he looked really good. Uh, I thought run blocking uh, everybody, including the tight ends and and Kenyon Drake, was just ripping runs. He looked like the confident, fast, explosive runner that we were expecting a couple weeks ago, and maybe he's kind of just getting his legs now, but. He looked awesome. He was almost 12 yards a carry, which is which is a really nice performance. I guess my only criticism is that he didn't get it enough. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, he was absolutely on fire, and the fact that we weren't feeding him is kind of shocking. You know, he only got 10 carries total with, you know, an 11.9-yard average. It's kind of strange. I mean, he was hitting the hole, and—, and Really, I mean, he was hitting it well. I, I, I mean, I, I was extremely impressed with Kenyon Drake. He's definitely something to be positive about. Um, and and the offensive line as well. I mean, it's 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 weird, you know, having the the impact of having a healthy Ronnie Stanley is such. And and I'm not trying to say he's like back now because that's obviously not the case but he might be close uh, man he looks yeah, awesome he might, be. he might be i mean having a relatively close you know relatively mm-hmm. healthy we'll put it that way ronnie stanley you know i'd left tackle i mean it, it lets you absorb the other injuries on the offensive line with mccary and with uh Falele potentially you know i mean it's it's it, that's when you finally go okay you can take a breath a little bit when there's a, you know, somebody goes down because we've got some guys that should be able to step in at least in the short term and, and be fairly impactful. So um, I'm actually, 
I don't want to say I'm excited because obviously it's probably going to be McCarry anyway. It would be a right tackle, but I would like to see Falele play a little bit of right tackle considering how decent he looked with basically no snaps at left tackle uh, or no practice snaps, I should say, at left tackle. Um, I'd kind of like to see him at, at right tackle. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised on on how they handled that because everything that we had read and heard before the the Moses injury was how close to the plan they were sticking and early on it at least seemed like you know Ronnie plays two drives and then you know gets a breather on the third one and then back out for two and like slowly build up like that yeah so I um to close out the first half, I think I anticipated, okay, let's stick McCarry in there, let's get to halftime, and let's prep Falele to play right tackle so that that kind of rotation can continue for Ronnie because, you know, the long-term buildup and health for him seems to be more important, I, I guess, than, you know, getting the snaps in now and, and, and everything like that. So I was a little bit surprised by that, but I, I think you're right. If if Morgan Moses isn't ready to go this week, um, then I think it's likely going to be McCarry. And then, you know, of course, now Falele has kind of shown that, you know, he can play on both sides. So, you know, there, you got a decision to make there as well. So um, overall, offensive line pass blocking or, or, or run blocking was great. I think pass blocking maybe left a little bit to be desired, but the the Giants were coming, like, credit to Wink Martindale with some really uh, exotic-looking or, or some confusing-looking, uh, like, stand-up rushers, like, basically lined up one behind the other, so you couldn't really tell which way they were going to go. Uh, so I think they struggled with that early on, but kind of settled in. I think, um, you know, Linderbaum continues to be really good. Uh, I've been really impressed uh, with Linderbaum himself. And, and Ben Powers continues to be really good, too. So I think offensive line... Uh, run blocking especially, and Kenyon Drake was was a bright point uh, in this game. Anything else on the offense that that stood out to you in a good way? A couple a couple things I'd like to talk about on the offense. I mean, I I, def, I definitely agree with you. I think it was a good game for the offensive line generally. I mean, because pass blocking wasn't great, but um, I think certainly as just as I said, as far as you know, the way that our depth chart stacks with a healthy Ronnie Stanley, you know, the improvement we should see week to week as he gets back into things, as the rest of the line continues to get used to playing with Ronnie Stanley again, um, that's only going to get better, you would imagine. So that's one of those areas where, you know, you would think it's, on that arrow upwards versus, you know, let's say the the linebacking core, which maybe they didn't have a terrible game on, on Sunday, but they're still kind of on the, the downswing until we get some of our guys back off the injured list. Yeah. Um, let's see. Otherwise, on the offense, I mean, Mandrews is awesome. I kind of trailed off there. A couple things that I find interesting. What are we going to do with Nick Boyle? Because uh, our the the young man, I, I mean, I, he, his name's escaping me now. The the other tight end that we drafted, Charlie Kolar. 
Thank you, Kolar. You know, he is now back at practice. So what are we, I mean, we're not even playing Nick Boyle at this point. I mean, and he's been but, active. Yeah. I, you know, the fact that Josh Oliver, who, by the way, made a pretty phenomenal one-handed catch out of nowhere. Um, you know, I, that was this week, right? That Josh Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. It happened? Okay. I, suddenly mm-hmm. it, it occurred to me that that could have been a week ago, but anyway, um, it, I've tried to put this game out of my mind, excuse me, but you know, it, it's odd to me that Josh Oliver is getting the snaps he's getting. We've got mainly just because we've got Boyle back on the roster. Now Kolar is getting into it. I mean, I, it, it's surprising. And I mean, obviously Oliver is playing well. I'm not saying he shouldn't be playing at this point. He's actually probably our second best tight end, but you know, I, we have way too many tight ends on this roster. <laughs> What yeah. What do you do with all these guys, dude? I don't know. I it, it was surprising to me that uh Boyle was active this week because I thought they would try to raise another defensive lineman to, you know, kind of bolster those efforts against Barkley. Uh but yeah, I, I I don't really get it. I I mean, if he's not healthy, he's not healthy. Like why have him active? Um yeah. I mean, I was I you know, there's nothing that 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 can it's not going to help us salary cap wise if we cut him it's not necessarily going to hurt us salary cap wise if we cut him it's just sort of a sunk cost at this point as i understand it based off of excuse me brian mcfarland on twitter but you know outside of that i you know he's if he's not going to play yeah i mean let's let's use this roster roster spot for somebody else i mean let's get another linebacker let's get some pass rushing help let's something get another wide receiver that's not deshaun jackson i mean you know it's it's i don't know i he's not he's not the answer no (laughs) okay uh yeah, I, I it's 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 weird. I don't know what's going on there. I don't think anybody does, to be honest, because he only played five snaps. Josh Oliver is up to playing thirty six percent of snaps. I mean, like you said, he is tight end number two now. Um, but I think another good thing was finally getting Isaiah Likely involved Absolutely. in the passing game. That was the next thing I was going to bring up is <laughs> is welcome back Isaiah Likely. Yeah, yeah, he had two catches for thirty yards, a little nice run after catch for first down. Um, yeah, I, I mean, finally, finally showed up, uh, more, more than once, uh, in in the passing game. And, uh, it's good to get him involved again, because as more and more attention gets put onto Andrews, which you can see in the second half, what happened and, you know, things kind of, uh, there's a lot of traffic around him, I guess. Both Uh, both Mark Andrews and Devin DuVernay. Yeah. There's just gotta be somebody there. Yeah, there's got to be somebody else. Obviously, Demarcus Robinson showed why the Chiefs cut him. Um, And the Raiders. And the Raiders. I mean, he's not – look, he's okay as your fourth or fifth wide receiver, but he is not – right now we need him to be like a strong number two receiver, and that's not at all his skill set, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not sure he's he's that player. So let's talk real quick about Deshaun Jackson, because we, we added him. 
He is officially a Raven. Practice uh, squad. Okay. But but still, he, he is on the team, likely to get elevated at some point over the next couple weeks, if not this weekend. Dude, I think he's active on Sunday. I would I would think so, too. What do you expect out of Deshaun Jackson? I mean, you know, everything right now is flowers and candy, just like it was, you know, with uh, our buddy from the Cowboys that came Des over. Des Bryant. You know, but what did Des ever really do? Not much. I don't know, man. It's it's it. If we're gonna grasp at straws, I'd rather we we keep grasping at straws on the defensive side of the field, where we're finding JPPs of the world who are making impact. I'd rather keep trying on that end than bringing in Sean Jackson. I mean, I I hope he does well. Whatever. He probably has a decent relationship with Harbaugh from the Philly days, maybe. Um, especially since he was a returner. But it's not what he's going to do for us here. Um, I mean, everybody keeps saying he's a deep threat, and I know he – Average what? What did you tell me the other day? Twenty-two yards a, a catch or something like that. So yeah. I guess technically he's a deep threat, but like really. So I I don't know, man. He's he's more name than substance at this point. Yeah, for sure. The other thing is like on a in an organization that has been plagued by injuries uh, <laughs> over the past several years. Oh. I'm not sure that Deshaun Jackson at this point in his career solves. No, we'll be lucky (laughs) if we get like three games out of him that are like real games that he plays full out four quarters and we actually get some production out of Deshaun Jackson. I give him three games total over the course of the remainder of the season. I would, yeah, I I would really like for the over to hit on that, but it's hard to see that. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, like I can see him having one game that was really good. Like, like Lamar hits him on two or three long passes and, oh my God, this is great. Oh my, isn't that, isn't this fun? You know, and then. <laughs> Maybe a second game where, hey, he got another touchdown. Oh, that's fun. Look at this. And then the rest of the season is going to be spread out with the remainder four quarters of actual production and play from Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Between injuries or just poor performance and taking off the field and barely seeing it, you know, I just don't. I don't know, man. You know, it's also different. It's just different on the offensive side of the ball. Now, look, some wide receivers are guys that can just make it happen. Keenan McCardell, I think he's one guy that seemed to be a guy that get could get traded midseason. Mm-hmm. You know, immediately, and, yeah, and immediately make an impact. I mean, that's and that's just really not. It's not normal. 
on the offensive side of the ball, especially at a wide receiver position. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe there are, there's someone out there that I'm not thinking of outside of Keenan McCardell, but there just aren't many, you know, Brandon cooks. Yeah, that's right. Brandon. He, like, he always does it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's right. always like pretty solid. Um, not that Go I'm get thinking. him, man. What is, what's he doing? On the, what's he, he's, he's in well, Houston, I right? Bet you, I bet you he's got a contract that's untenable for us with our current salary cap. That's just a guess. But um, anyway, you know, I it's I there there are other people out there. I'd rather see us. It would seem to me that we'd be able to find some old dude that could make it make an impact. It's either like offensive line or defensive line, or just someone that can go rush the passer. Like, you know, obviously, you know, I think Marcus Peters was a little different, you know, but he could also just be put on an island. They could just say, go, you go cover that guy. You know, he didn't necessarily have to play within the scheme, quote unquote, as much as other players might need to. Um. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm rambling at this point. I would like to see the Ravens make a move. I don't think they're going to. I don't see where they can salary cap wise. I haven't seen anyone out there unless there's a surprise like the Marcus Peters trade where you're just like, holy crap, what just happened? Um, I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I also just really quickly, since you mentioned yeah. the contract, what do you think Braden Cooks's cap hit is this year? Can I ask a couple questions first, or you just want me to pick? A he's team? on a he's on a two he's on a two year deal right now. Two year deal. Yeah. I'm gonna say his cap hit is like something dumb. Is it his first year of the two years or the second? Year? Well, the second year is astonishing. So his cap hit. The, I'll just tell you. Yeah. His cap just, hit this year is nine point seven mil. Okay. Uh, according to Spot Track, and I know okay. that Spot Track has has Spot steered me wrong in the past. His 2023 cap hit is $26.6 million. Holy crap, so he's getting cut. So that was a one-year deal. There's no way. His dead cap number, if he gets cut in 2023, is $34 million. Oh, my God. So they might actually have to keep him. They might have to keep him. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Who? What? So is that just that is, because he's been traded so many times, and there have been like weird like escalations? Teams have given his numbers, or that was really just strictly a two-year deal. I don't know. Is Braden Cook signed a two-year, thirty-nine point seven million dollar contract with the Houston Texans? That is such a crazy. That is dumb. <laughs> Why would you sign Brandon Cooks to that amount of money? I don't know. That doesn't make any logical sense. I mean, I know it's the Houston Texans, so obviously that is that's the reason. But yeah, very strange. <clears throat> but yeah, that that was it. But oh, so, if Jason Lock and Four was talking to you though, TK, it's all about cash over cap, and you know that's they they can easily take that on. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I I think the other thing that's happening as far as the move goes is. Uh, other teams know what's going on, and if you come, if if Eric DaCosta comes asking for one of your wide receivers, 
the price is going to be a little bit higher than uh, than if other GMs come because you kind of can smell a little desperation at the wide receiver position there. Yeah, well, I mean, too, like let's look at let's look at the the teams that are really like out of it right now. So the Commanders. Yeah, do you want anyone on the Commanders though? Curtis Samuel. Is he is he still there? I think so. Yeah. I'd take him. Well, I would, but he's on a pretty nice contract, I'm pretty sure. Remember, we need somebody that's cheap. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, I don't know that there's anyone on the three, Yeah, three years, 34 mil. Maybe, maybe on the, the Raiders. Maybe. Um, You know, other than that, you know, I don't see the Cardinals starting to trade people. I mean, obviously the Panthers. We talked. Well, the Cardinals just acquired Robbie Anderson. Well, exactly. Yeah, they're not. They're they're not going the other way. They're not trying to get rid of everybody. The rest of their division is three and three. Almost everybody's three and three, like except for the Vikings and the Eagles and the Giants, which kill us for that. But like everybody's basically three and three. Yeah. So like, there's no one out there really. I mean, Detroit. Actually, there's some players on Detroit I would probably take, but you know, I. I don't know. Man, I would love to take uh, what's his nose. Um, hold on one second. I wanted him. I wanted him before the draft. Oh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. No, oh, yeah, they're not. They're not trading him. Oh, I know they're not. But yeah. I mean, just saying, you know, if we if we're talking about the Lions, man, he would be a difference maker. Um, Yeah, it, I, I mean Michael Brockers. I don't know that. I don't know that we pass his physical. But. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, look, you can you can keep relying on your tight ends. You're getting Kolar back, who's another. Compared yeah. to Mark Andrews, he's not going to be Mark Andrews. So like, chill oh, out on the Mark Andrews, but he could be a third down weapon on the outside because of his height. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's just, um, I, you know, if you think about how long we had crappy tall wide receivers that were on this team just because we wanted a, a tall wide receiver. Demetrius Williams. I mean, name 25 of them. Oh man. They've been, they've been the staple product that the Ravens have been able to draft. But regardless of that, I mean, Kolar can at least, Kolar might be able to be that, that player with maybe some production. Because um, none of those guys are ever really deep threats as much as we wanted them to be. They were just tall guys that could run straight. Yeah, um, I think it's just, it doesn't even, I mean, it just has to be somebody else that commands attention. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, it would be like sick if, if it was a... just start throwing some jump balls to Kolar, and he can just out jump people and grab some balls. Hey. Yeah. You know that it, that at least takes some attention away from Mark Andrews. Yeah, that's like just loosen things up a little bit, you know, and like. And I guess that's Let's why everybody's Kolar wants to be Andrews, as we know from all of his interviews. Right. So maybe we right. Andrews two point Maybe, but you know, rookie coming off an injury, I, I don't think we can. 
yeah, rely on you know, that, right? You no, know, so, we shouldn't. We shouldn't uh, pin all our hopes and dreams of of the next Super Bowl title on uh, Charlie Kohler. But we also shouldn't pin it on Deshaun Jackson. No. no. So. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. We we. <laughs> I. It's it's just a really strange situation. I because despite the uh, lack of diversity of weapons, Andrew still goes seven catches for 106 yeah. and a touchdown, and and was a very and could have had more. Yeah, very barely tipped ball away from a second touchdown. Um. Yeah, just just like kind of strange because you know of course 20 points isn't going to win you a, a game every week but you know if you if you count the well I, I guess we're we're getting into the bad now which which maybe we'll stick to the bad on the offense the opening drive taking a sack on third down to knock yourself out of field goal range like you can't do that the interception at the end of the game was horrible the fumble at the game at the end of the game was horrible I mean Lamar just has to be better and I think he knows he has to be better I think everybody knows he has to be better but like those like the sack on third down to open the game it's like in your fifth year that's like something you gotta yeah. know right you gotta get rid of the ball you gotta right. don't be stupid like come on man you gotta be decisive either run and do your thing or get rid of the damn ball but yeah, I got mean, decisive about it. Right. And like, I don't know. I was really encouraged by the first quarter, to be honest, because, um, you know, uh, we were controlling the ball. I think we had the ball for over 10 minutes in that first quarter. And then the Giants completely flipped the script time of possession wise, and which I didn't even realize. But so the Ravens had the ball for 10 minutes and 35 seconds in the first quarter after that the giants in the second quarter go eight minutes and nine seconds nine minutes and 48 seconds in the third quarter and then nine minutes and 30 seconds in the fourth quarter so when you think about the end of the game where the defense is kind of falling apart and giving up back-to-back uh they give up field goal touchdown touchdown like yeah i mean they're they're on the field for an insane amount of time and the offense isn't really doing anything and which is which is really weird to think about because you're averaging 12 yards a carry with your yeah. <laughs> with your running back. Exactly. So what's going on? Why are we not running the ball more? Why are we not running the ball on the goal line? We had we had the uh, let's see what do we get down to the four yard the three yard line? No, I'm sorry. Where do we go? The five yard line. There we go. And you run you you throw um, three pass plays and don't get it. And you know put on the, like. Let the let the guys work a little bit. I mean, yeah. I, I think the I think the offensive line at that point in the game had earned an opportunity to uh, punch one in, and uh, they weren't given that opportunity. Which, which you know, well, I, I don't think that was right. Stand on short yardage. We still refuse to give the ball to the GD fullback, who is basically another offensive lineman. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't understand it. We need to use Ricard more. He gets like two to five yards on almost every carry. Not that I want him to be our bell cow back. That's not what he is. But he's a big hunk of just muscle coming at people. And 
we got to use him more on short yardage as more than just a blocker at this point because we're it, we're just way too ineffective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like yeah that. that. I don't know, like the short yardage and, and red zone for the Ravens has been like, from what I recall, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's been really bad uh, this year. I, I, several games I've, I've said like, all right, the Ravens against the one yard line. And I think it was the Dolphins game. They got down to the one and on like a on an Andrews um, reception, he got tripped up at the one and you couldn't punch it in from one. And that comes back to bite you, of course. And then here you get down to the five and you and you have to kick the field goal. And, and that sucks. And then on the other side, the, the red zone defense is bad. So, like, you're bad on red zone offense and you're bad on red zone defense. And, like, that's yeah. not really a winning You have no side formula. of the ball that you can lean on right now. Um, right. Side, neither side can finish. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make any sense because there's talent on this football team. So what what is the problem? I, I love John Harbaugh. I'm not going to sit here and point fingers at the coaches. I mean, I know I've talked about Mike McDonald the last few weeks and all that, but what's going on, man? Yeah, I don't know. And, and, and I don't think it's like a, he's lost the locker room kind of situation or whatever. But, like, you know, I, I, I try not to – uh, crit- criticize the coordinators too much, but I. You know, yeah, oh, not, I'm I'm the same way. <laughs> just not like. <laughs> I just, like. Why are you not running the ball more? Yeah. Like seeing what, it, like in the second half. Let me let me see if I can find the last rush. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure there was one on the last drive, but. Like, just not going to it. And that was really frustrating for me, especially when your defense is on the field for almost 20 minutes in the second half. And that doesn't help. So, you know, I I was really encouraged by that first quarter because, you know, I think it was just three nothing or or something like that, maybe even zero zero. But we have the Giants defense on the field for 10 minutes. And it's like, okay, well, you know, that was pretty easy. Yeah, we didn't score, but, you know, we're we're fine. We're going to settle in. And the exact opposite happened. And and even when you get a lead, a 10-point lead with six minutes left, there's just, like, I, I think the thing that's missing, and I've talked about it every single season on of this podcast, is the killer instinct. Yep. To beat the teams you should beat, and when you're ahead, shut the door. The Giants... Yeah, they're five and one. I'm not sure they did anything that really impressed me other than not mess up. Um, yeah, they won. The Ravens, the Ravens they were good really in the sense that they were able to win ugly. That's all I'll give the Giants. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Ravens kind of took this one away from themselves. I mean, there's seven penalties, so many of them pre-snap. Uh, the illegal formation on that, um, that really sucked. And I'm not sure how there's an illegal formation called every week on the Ravens. It seems like every week there's at least Well, and one. here's what I don't understand is, I, I don't know, I saw, did you see the tweet, was it Kenyon Drake that tweeted? Yeah. It's something about how, so was it really something that should have been a penalty? 
That's uh, that. I guess was it not? So that's what I'm confused. Was his tweet insinuating that that it wasn't a penalty, or maybe that it wasn't his fault, or Or maybe not his fault? I don't know. Yeah, I I saw that tweet as well, and I I didn't really pay attention to it because I don't like you said. I don't, I don't really want to think about this game that, that much. <laughs> well, that too, but I also don't know enough about some of the some of the way everybody has to line up and all that stuff. That's that's beyond me, honestly. Um, so I'm yeah, not, I'm not going to criticize people for that, but it's uh, it it is it is frustrating though. I mean, I just like it's the same rules year in and year out, right? They don't change illegal formation rules. Well, except like for who? they allow the Patriots to like do that well, weird formation they were doing that. Yeah. And then, and then after they used it against the Ravens, they said, "Oh yeah, no, no, that you're right. That's illegal." Right. So it's just like <clears throat> I don't know how it happens every week, and it was obviously detrimental this week. The pre-snap penalties were a killer uh, in this game, and it's just like clean it up, man. What's going on, like? It's just not how you win. It's not Ravens. Yeah, that's that's never really been an issue. Like a ton of pre-snap. And I I know I just mentioned that there's there seems to be an illegal formation every illegal formation or illegal shift. I'll open it up to those two. Uh, Almost every week there's one, but like one, not six. Well, but the thing is, when the Ravens are a winning football team. That's not that's, you know, it's it's the ball control, don't make mistakes kind of offense. Now, obviously, we want that to be a little bit more electrifying with Lamar Jackson, if not a lot more electrifying. But the reality is, you know, that be smart, don't make mistakes, know your position, play it well, all of that sort of mindset behind not having a legal procedure penalty um is is basically what you're saying you know i mean we've right. had, we we have had several seasons where you're right we probably have a lot had a lot of these penalties but we also have had several seasons where our offenses have been terrible so but when we've actually had worthwhile offenses um you know we know how to to you know not get illegal procedure penalties you know, we we don't right. we don't jump off sides left and right. I mean, I'll be honest with you. That's that's the one thing that I've been nervous about Morgan Moses. I feel like he's real quick coming off that <laughs> map. And I'm like, you know, there's the New York Jet in him that's going to start like false starting all the time. And I, so that that does get me a little nervous. Now, that hasn't been a problem, you know, as of yet, I don't think. But it, he does come off that ball quick, though. I mean, there have been some times I've yeah. been like, oh, God, that was, that was easily a false start. And they haven't thrown a flag. But uh, Yeah, and, and and I guess they mentioned today that um, Linderbaum's been having some issues with the silent count on the road. So maybe that's that was part of it as well. True, um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Pre-snap penalties stink. Um, I guess we haven't really talked about the defense very much. I was really, really impressed by Justin Matabike and Travis Jones. Yeah, they were the stars of the game, if you want to 
call anyone stars. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I mean, Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison had decent games. I think they were both very highly rated from a pro football focus. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know, man, but you're right. Travis Jones and Matty BK, especially, they're fun to watch. And uh, it, it's good to see Travis Jones really starting to, I think, figure it out. Yeah, and and finally, probably getting healthy, you know, well on his way back from that injury, and and who knows, he may not even be a hundred percent yet. But I think his his early sack was exactly what Ravens fans were excited about when he got drafted. You're pushing the pocket from yeah. the inside, just like a ridiculous bull rush, and you know, just you know, putting the offensive lineman right in Daniel Jones' lap, and and finishing the play and and bringing him down. Uh, because Jones is a guy that can move a little bit. So, you know, that's that was really impressive. And and it was pretty consistent and not just in the past game, but they really did kind of bottle up uh, Saquon Barkley as well. Yeah, I, I mean, it was actually a better performance against Barkley than than I thought looking at the numbers. I mean, they still gave him gave up 83 yards, but it was under four yards of carry. There was the mm-hmm. touchdown. Um you know, so definitely, definitely able to keep him in check somewhat. Um, still a, a performance that I would have preferred it to be less yardage and no touchdown, but it is what it is. Um, I don't know, man. I don't want to. I don't want to talk too poorly about the defense. I do that all the time these last few weeks. Um, there was there was a pretty awesome tackle by by Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, it got wiped off the board though. Yeah. Oh, did it get wiped off the board? Yeah, I think I think there was a penalty. It was a pretty awesome tackle though. Yeah. It would have saved the first down, but um obviously that came off the board. Yeah, um, I think he's he's that, kind of settling in too. He which may is be. nice. Yeah, so hopefully we'll start seeing some pop plays from him maybe mm-hmm. move forward. What did you think of AJ Klein and that like didn't he get penalized or something? What was what was Yeah, though. That was a punt or a kickoff, right? Uh, let me I see. I remember that was like some kind of crazy. Was it an out, 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 out of bounds hit or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. So it was a punt. Um, let's see if I can identify this at the end of the third quarter. I think no, right before halftime. So it really didn't hurt, but. It was it was on a punt. You know, the Ravens were attempting to score uh, right before the half, but it didn't work out. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a late hit out of bounds. Um, and I guess we got him from the Giants, so I guess he was like getting frisky or something. I did he? Yeah, did he come from the Giants? Let me see here. Hold on. Yeah, he did. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just a bad play. I, I'm not sure he was like you know yeah, malicious. Know. It didn't. It doesn't make me want to like get excited about AJ Klein though. If he's gonna come in and get a penalty like that, especially on special teams, I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, especially man. on special teams for a guy like John Harbaugh, that's not a good way to, to yeah introduce yourself to the coach. Yeah, um, I think I, I think just just wrapping up on the defense. Um, my biggest issue was giving up a few third and long type of plays uh, when when the Giants are trotting out there, you know, wide receiver four and five and. I mean, dude, we have Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Like, that shouldn't be happening. I Like, you know, third and 12, third and 14, 
I know Daniel Jones has been good, you know, these past three weeks and, and much better than than he has in the past. But hey, I mean, come on, like you can't you can't do that. They had the miscommunication on the on the touchdown to Bellinger. It's just like I I do think they played overall really well. But when you're on the field for 20 minutes in the second half and, and when you give up those third and longs, you put yourself in a position to lose. And, and um, yeah, it just kind of caught, caught up with them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, you can't give up 17 points in the second half and expect to win, especially 14 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, it, just I, keeps, it just keeps happening. And, and it's it, it's very frustrating. Um, and I. I hope they get it together. I really, I mean, if this continues, Mike McDonald will get fired at some point, whether it's during the season or after the season. I don't see Bishotti wanting to keep him. I'd be shocked if if he allowed him to stay if it if it continued like this. Um, and we'll have to see about about the offensive side of the ball. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's and again, it's like they're they're producing. It's just not they're not finishing. Um, yeah, that's like that's the thing. I mean, like the second halves of these games, just the complementary football has completely fallen apart in the second half. Like the defense can't get off the field and the offense can't stay on the field. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really. I don't know. Like the only time where you know there was a little bit of back and forth was that Patriots game where defense kind of makes a play at the end of the game to to hang on and. The offense kind of comes and, and scores uh, to, to put it away. And, and, you know, I mean, the Bengals game, again, like the offense wasn't awesome, but like, you know, the defense holds and you get the, the game winning drive. But it just really still through three weeks or I'm sorry, through six weeks has not seemed like a full four quarters from all three phases. No, no way. There has not been a full game from I don't. Neither side of the ball has played a full full four quarters once. Yeah, which is which is really surprising because <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's just it's just frustrating. I think that's what that, I think that's the frustrating part because you see a lot of good stuff happening, and then it just falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what happened again? Like why did we take the foot off the gas? You know, where's the killer instinct to to put these teams away? Because Quite frankly, looking at looking at some of the analytics and the metrics or whatever you want to look at, or even the Vegas odds, all of those things have the Ravens as like a top seven team in the league. And we just happen to be three and three. <laughs> so, yeah, it's stupid. I mean, yeah, it's really like strange. How long we've, you know, led in games and all of that stuff. I mean, it just, we really should not be three and three, but here we are at three and three and it's a deserved three and three, you know? Yeah. Even though I just said we should be better, but that's, you know, quote in quotes due to staffs. Otherwise, you know, they, Mm. they are what they are. And quite frankly, they probably got lucky in some of their three wins. So I I don't know, man. Um, I'm I'm feeling rather rather negative lately about the Ravens, and it's and it's and it's a crappy negative because we're good enough to be 500, and that's what I feel like it's going to be that kind of a season, which 
I know you can't really be 500 anymore. It's either what? Yeah. Seven and, or no, eight, 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 nine and eight or eight, eight and nine. Eight. Yeah. Um, but it, it seems like an eight and nine kind of a season that's just going to be muddling through. And like, here's, here's a question for you. So, and again, I'm not trying to be totally negative, but this is going to have a negative slant. Let's say we finish eight and nine. Do you want to resign Lamar? Yeah. Because those eight wins are probably because of Lamar. Yeah. I yeah, I'm not sure I see a way around it. To to be honest, like you, you go I mean, into the draft we again, to, right? We have to sign Lamar no matter what, or or what? I mean, let's say let's say we win two more games the rest of the year. I mean, at what point do you say we're moving on from Lamar? And, and look, I, I I'm not trying to start. I love Lamar. I'm not, and I hope he gets a massive contract and from whoever. So I'm not trying to be like. Totally. I'm just I'm just asking, at what point do you say maybe it's better off for the Ravens to let him go? I'm not sure I see that uh, because it would have to be the most drastic collapse. Yeah. But like he would he would have to turn into like whatever Russell Wilson's doing. Uh, He would have to turn into like. That what level. He, but what if he just did this? The rest, what he's doing right now, you know, that 210 to 250 yards a game, throwing, 77 yards rushing, fumble and interception here or there, you know. Yeah, I, I think. You know, is that, if that's all he's ever going to be, and, and look, I think he's, you know, I think he's better than that. I'm not trying to be mm-hmm. negative. Lamar. I'm just trying to be if that's if that's how he is the rest of the year, we have to make such a massive financial commitment. And normally I wouldn't care. You know, if this were the Orioles, sign that mother heifer because it it's not my money and it, there is no salary cap. I mean, I guess there's a luxury tax or whatever it is, but who cares? In football, it's so different. I mean, yes, you you want to be able to keep all your players, but that's a I mean, that's like what a third of our cap or whatever it's going to end up being right think so about I, how crappy the the packers are right now that mm-hmm. in my opinion that's strictly because of aaron Rodgers' contract and i think he's also just a really weird guy well he is a weirdo i think he's a little divisive but. you know i just i don't know man i i that's my only concern with lamar is i just don't want to see us in this cap jail where it's always, I mean, it's, look, it's, I guess it's the new, the new life we lead having a star quarterback mm-hmm. who's legitimately a star quarterback, no offense to Joe, but, you know, but it's just, it sucks to have that team that has to, you know, revolve everybody else so much just because you have to pay the quarterback bazillion dollars yeah i i think so right now he's betting on himself right i mean and if you're gonna go by these last three games like he has lost that bet but if you go by the first three games he was winning that bet you know like think about where we were three weeks into oh, the I, season people are I, talking you I, know agreed. mvp talk. agree I, I i understand it and again i'm not i'm just 
bringing up the discussion because here we are at three and three, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff that we're going to have to start thinking about. Hey, trade deadline's coming. If someone, if someone came, I don't know who that would be. Let's say the Raiders came just, I'm just giving a team or the Carolina Panthers came to us and said, we're going to give you all of our picks for, you know, life or whatever for Lamar Jackson. What is it that you would take to trade Lamar? Is there something someone could come and give give to you right now that you would say, okay, I'd trade Lamar for that? Uh, no, but that's also why it's not my job. I think yeah. I'm too sentimentally invested you're, 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 <laughs> in Lamar. You're, you're, so, you're, like, my only my only response to that could be, no, there's nothing. But everybody's got their price, right? I mean, yeah. like, we always you say know, right I player, right Lamar. price. I love Lamar. I just so it would it would take a lot, but I'm thinking yeah. I, I would need obviously a ton of picks, but I would even want like some sort of stud younger guy, you know, and not even a quarterback, but like you know whoever it would be, you know, Burns on the Panthers or you know whatever, you know, somebody that was like, okay, this guy's a piece. Mm-hmm. And we've got all these other draft picks on top of that. Yeah. Um, you know, it would have to be that kind of a deal, which isn't likely. I mean, it would be no. It would have to be a Ricky Williams trade, you know, Mike Dick uh just drunk on life, um, hanging out on Bourbon Street you know, making trades, you know, that, that would have to be the kind of a deal for me to trade Lamar. But I will say this, I, as much as I like him, there is certainly a point where I say, walk away from the table and and let him move on. I don't, I don't, I would be able to, I think, not sign Lamar if it came to that point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it would it would still end up in a contract, but not the guaranteed money that he's looking for. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, that's sort of my point. I mean, right. he continues to to say it has to be fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to Even with the, the first three games, or the, you know, when we thought he was still, you know, here we go, this is going to be the season of seasons. You know, I still wouldn't have given him that guaranteed money. So I that's what uh, concerns me. If he digs in on that, I I sorry. He needs to if someone else wants to give him that contract, fantastic. God bless. I don't see that being here. Yeah, the guaranteed money is is a tough pill to swallow and and I think uh Likely it was it was Steve Bishotti not not doing it not uh, Eric oh, yeah. Costa. Well, but, I actually, uh, I mean to be honest with you, I wouldn't want either of them to be interested in that deal. Um, just for cap purposes, for just stability of the team purposes, all of that. I mean that that is such a franchise breaking deal. If it goes bad when it's mm-hmm. guaranteed, I mean, holy crap, especially right. the way Lamar plays. I think that's the I would rather see him. No, and I don't know how this works in football because and cap purposes. But if there are like. Certain performance escalators and things like that, 
that he could put in. Now, obviously, if he's not, you know, obviously it's different in football because you can get cut and all that stuff. But I, I don't know, man. It's just it, it is so wacky. I just don't see how they can give them give him that much guarantee it with the way he plays and the way football football is. I don't know, man. I don't know. We've yeah. gone off track though. Way off track. Certain, yeah. Um I don't know. I'm I'm glad it's not my job, to be honest. I yeah, uh, I will agree with that. It's it's really hard. Um <laughs> because he has been the face of the franchise and he's the MVP and oh, you know, all that kind of stuff, but uh yeah there's that do we want to look forward to week seven at all uh as the i, I believe the browns come into town I, I don't know if i'm looking forward to it mind you but we can we can talk about it yeah actually the the browns announced earlier today that their offensive linemen and i forget which one off the top of my head i think it was wyatt teller was in a boot today not good. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Not great for him. Um, yes. I mean, so the, so the Browns look a lot like the Ravens, to be honest. Um, they have the the what I don't even know what metric NFL.com is showing me right now, but right now they have the third ranked offense. The Ravens have the eighth. They have the 26th ranked defense. The Ravens have the 28th ranked defense. Um, You know, uh, very similar teams coming in. Uh, They have a strong offensive line uh, with with Teller maybe missing. Uh, They added Amari Cooper. Um, So they do have some weapons on the uh, on the offense. Of course, Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt. But um, they're going to have Jacoby Brissett starting at quarterback. And. Quite frankly, what's kind of happening now is that I'm losing confidence in bad quarterbacks facing us because everybody seems to have a nice game <laughs> against this defense. Yep. Even if you're not lighting it up and, and Daniel Jones didn't really light it up, he had probably uh, one of his more solid games of the season. Uh, so who knows what J- Jacoby Brissett is going to do on Sunday. Uh, you know that you know that they're going to rely heavily on Chubb and Hunt. Um, you know, the defense is Miles Garrett. They have uh, Jeremiah. Owasu Koromoa, who's who's a who they've inserted in the past couple of years as their Lamar stopper, who is is really a terrific player in, in my opinion. So, you know, maybe not the best defense over there, but they do have some pieces that that could make things kind of tough. I agree with you. I mean, I think they are they are a team that I would at this point worry about just for the same reasons. We were mildly worried about the Giants. Like, if it got ugly, like, we kind of could see it going bad, and sadly that happened. Um, I kind of feel the same way about the Browns, you know? I mean, Jacoby Brissett, just like you said, with Daniel Jones, I mean, he's not a good quarterback, but he can beat you occasionally. Um, And, you know, the fact that they've got – two really good running backs and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You know, I think Donovan People Jones People Jones is a pretty good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um so they're they've got, you know, a receiving outlet, David Njoku at, at uh tight end, Harrison Bryant. You know, I don't know, man. I I mean 
I'm not, I don't want to sit here and say I'm scared of the Browns because I'm, as I always say, if it's Brown flushing down, I'm more scared of the Ravens just shitting the bed. You know, that's, that's what I'm nervous about. I think they should beat the Browns. They should always beat the Browns. The Ravens have more talent than this Cleveland team. Whether, whether the Ravens decide to actually show that is a whole nother story. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I, I anticipate it looking a lot like the Bengals game, kind of low scoring back to the like old school, ugly AFC North football, yeah. um, you know, so not a ton of points, but yeah, I, I just get really confused by the Browns because if you look at their personnel on the defensive side, it's like a it's like a really impressive group. And, you know, they're sitting down at 26th in the league or, or 28th in the league, whatever it is. Um, I actually really like their secondary, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsome. Um, they have Grant Delpit back. Uh, they brought in... Um, John Johnson to play safety as well. He came over from the Rams. So, like, really good group back there. I'm not sure what's going on uh, on the defensive side. But it's just going to be, like, two teams that know each other very well, obviously. It's just going to be a a tight game. And it's going to turn into, can the Ravens force Jacoby Brissett into some mistakes and take advantage of them? Because, again, it has to be complimentary. You have to have both sides of the ball. You know, if you're going to take the ball away, then you got to score touchdowns off of it. Um, so I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be an ugly one. Uh, it's going to be another anxiety-ridden game. I don't, I'm not sure that the Ravens are, are going to quite run away with it, but because I just don't think that's where the team is right now. But I do think they win. Um, I'm going to say the, the Ravens lose. This week um, oh really okay mainly because it, it's kind of a reverse lock i mean i know you shouldn't say that that's why you're doing it to do it but that's why i'm doing it um so i'm gonna say that cleveland wins 18 to 16 18 16 okay i'll go like I'll go 23-19 Ravens. It, it, you know, let's let's now that now that we've said it out loud, let's look at the lines and the spread here. Uh, Ravens minus six and a half. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's at home. I guess I guess yeah. I can see that just because it's home. Although that is so that's a fallacy for this season for the Ravens for them to get any points at home. That's yeah. a joke. Um, but whatever. Yeah, and then let's see what the over-under is. At home, we really only won because Cleveland beat themselves, but okay. Yeah, over-under for the game is 46.5, so I think they're looking for a low-scoring one as well. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be in a, another AFC North game. And then after that, the Ravens get Thursday Night Football, right? We go see the, uh, go oh, see the Bucks. Oh, joy. Lovely. Yeah, but you know, I think I think the Ravens get back on track. You're not as optimistic. Um, maybe maybe not the perfect game we're looking for for the Ravens, but uh, I think 
if there's anything that's going like you need to get excited for as a team and, and kind of lock in, it is a division opponent. Um, so hopefully they come ready to go on Sunday. Um, would you like to sign us off? Um, you know, I'm feeling pretty, pretty negative, but Hey guys, the end of the week is approaching. It's, it's Wednesday today. We're, we're over hump day. So start thinking some positive thoughts. We've got an NFL weekend coming up upon us and Hey, maybe the Ravens will beat the Browns. So let's get some positivity. I'll try to get some positivity and I'll let's all say it together. Go Ravens.